Field Notes brand, USA-made memo books and other products, including seasonal limited editions. Visit fieldnotesbrands.com or 400 North May in Chicago. It is the Chicagoverse Unlimited podcast, featuring interviews with the premier artists and industry in the Chicago music community. My name is Haima Black. I host this podcast at dynastypodcast.com. This week, Greg Corner from Kilhanna in an interview for the December 2015 cover of the Illinois Entertainer. Here's how that sounds. Hi, I'm Black here at Public Hotel. I'm here with Greg Corner, like old, old, old friend of mine. Not that you're old, but you and I have known each other a long time. How are you doing, man? How's it going? I'm good. It's been a very hectic fall, and it's going to be even a busier Christmas time this year. Yeah, let's give some context. We're here right a couple days before Halloween. You've got a lot going on. You've always got a lot going on. You've always had a lot going on. And the Kill Hannah show prep is in full effect? Yes, it is. The final Kill Hannah shows, uh, December 18th and 19th at Metro. It's, uh, it's our final shows. It's it's going to be epic. It's going to be emotional. Um, well, Kill Hannah shows are always emotional. Yeah, yeah, but for the band this time. <laughs> 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 Not just for the front row. You right. Know? <laughs> you guys have a very emotional front row. Take us into the backstory of the end of Kill Hannah. You know, for a band that's always been as kind of fatalistic and doomed as Kill Hannah, it's amazing that this is the actual end. Yeah, the curse is finally ending with the end of the band, the curse of Kill Hannah. Um, yeah, uh, we're kind of like, you know, Snake Plissken in Escape from New York, where they're like, thought you were dead. And everyone thought the band broke up already. I mean, a lot of people have just because we've been kind of inactive since like 2011 probably was our last. Uh, I think we did Australia and then did um, UK. And our last U.S. tour was in 2010 with the Spanish Pumpkins. So um, it's, it's been a while. Um, so, yeah, um, we wanted to play another show. We all wanted to play Metro one more, one more time. And, you know, I had the idea of bringing the whole entire original band back together um, with, like, you know, Carrie Finnerty and Alan uh, Morgenstern and um, Isaac and, you know, all the, the people that played in Kill Hannah um, and do this kind of, like, It's a Wonderful Life with Kill Hannah thing. Um, it's a cursed life. Yeah, the, the cursed <laughs> life. But, you know, um, some things just didn't work out. And um, we needed something special in order to play Metro again. And... Uh, you know, we had a, we were on a conference call, and and Matt's just like, it's called our final show, and I'm like, all right, let's do it. Everyone's like, yeah, let's do it, because um, we don't know when we're gonna get back together again. You know, if we're ever gonna get back together again, and if we do, more chances than not, we probably won't be doing a headlining show. It'll probably be part of some festival or something. I think the only people that could get us back together after this show is Riot Fest. Um, that's the only festival I think that would want us back together because <laughs> we're a subculture and they're like a subculture festival. Yeah. You know? Um, and I always felt like we were like one of the last subculture bands to come out. Um, I feel like it died really after us. Well, I think that, yeah, a band like Hill Anna does not exist anymore. You know, it's, it's a different, it's a different format for everything. Now, I mean, you do work with like JBTV, you do work with uh, 101 WKQX, you know, we collaborate with them. And you see now it's a very different model for the types of bands that are coming out. They don't sound like Hill Hannah. They don't look like Hill Hannah. They don't have necessarily the same engagement and relationship with their fans as Kill Hannah. So you're right. I think that it's kind of a 
you guys were of a time, not to make it sound like a... Well, I mean, here's the thing. The music used to be a lifestyle. You used right. to have your identity by music. That is not the case anymore. Music doesn't define who you are anymore. And it's okay to listen to, you know, whatever, Iggy Azalea and Mastodon. You know, right. like, it's there's, that's okay. Well, dude, the not to make this about me, but a, a few months ago, or maybe a year ago, when the uh, Taylor Swift 1989 album came out, I purchased that from iTunes because pop is fun. Yeah. An hour later, I turned into the Slipknot live stream. And there did not used to be, and now that there's a lot of people that were in that Venn diagram, but like, you couldn't used to do that. Yeah. You couldn't be like, well, I'm going to go get the Corn album and then go see Celine Dion tonight. Yeah. And now it's a different thing. Yeah, you get your ass kicked. Right. Oh my God. <laughs> I would have gotten curbed in high school if that was the case. But, you know, then I could go on Twitter and just be like, yeah, Slipknot and Taylor Swift. Yeah. Nobody cares. Yeah, yeah. So. Nobody cares. Uh, so you guys were on the conference call. I mean, had this been brewing for a while? Because I know Kilhanna has been less and less active, and that, I would imagine, is due a lot to everybody being in different cities and having different things going on, right? Yeah, because uh, everyone's kind of in L.A. now. Matt um, is in L.A. now, Johnny and Elias, and then Dan and I are still here. Um, you know, Elias went off and played with Kesha for a while, and then MKTO and a bunch of other pop bands. Johnny was in Filter for a while. Now he's doing like the producing and writing kind of uh, stuff for other people. Matt's kind of doing the same thing, but he's also pursuing acting. Mm -hmm. You know, he did Spider-Man the Musical for a while, which is why we went on our first hiatus, really. Um, so, yeah, it's it's uh, everyone's kind of doing their own thing. And then, you know, me, I got into the JBTV thing and, and kind of producing a television show. Um, so everyone's kind of been busy doing their own things. And, you know... When we think when we think about like oh can we get in a van again and tour the United States and sleep on floors and make no money it's like no one can afford to do that anymore so that's why we're like all right well this this is probably it then you know well plus there probably comes a time where you're like man I'm of an age where I don't really want to sleep on a floor forty nine nights in a row right yeah, and yeah. be in a van and well yes yeah, so no if here's the thing if I love the music I will sacrifice everything you know for that. I just know what it takes to be in a band, and you got to love the music. Otherwise, it's not worth it. You said something to me that really, really stuck with me, and I bring this up in interviews all the time on the podcast. Um, it was the something kind of similar to this, where when Q101 was going off the air, it's you, me, and Chris Payne in the studio at Q101. Matt Devine was on the phone, and I can't remember if you said this on the air or off, but this was when the radio station was, was going off the air, and you said this is kind of the end of, of a lot of things like in the industry in general, not just with Q101, but you said the only people who are going to stay in music now are the people who are stupid enough to do it because they love it because the money was all gone. Yeah. And I feel like I've seen that so much over the last yeah. five years, but that always stuck with me as being very true. Yeah. And it's funny, you know, I had this, I, I was always the accountant for Kill Hannah, you know, like, uh, and we had a business manager, but, and a manager and a tour manager, but no one could ever give us a tour budget or anything. I was the one doing all that telling all the expenses and everything so i knew how much it cost to go on tour and i remember this was back in like 2007 right before the crash and i'm like i'm like i don't know how the future of touring is going to happen you know i don't know how bands are going to tour and make money like i think it's going to be a pastime for rich kids because they're the only ones that'll be able to afford to to um you know develop their craft mm -hmm. um because you can't afford it to develop anymore well, and I, I see, not to veer this into a different direction, I see hip-hop being able to do it. They release a steady stream of content, and they play, like, college cities. So it's something that really evolved. But again, like, but a band... They, they don't have a band. Right. You know, like, in splitting it five ways. It's one person. You know, usually they have to pay their producer, and they can fly, 
and do a show, you know, with a DJ and all the backlines there. Right. So it's like, yeah, you can do that, but with a band, you know, it's like you got five guys, you got instruments, you got backline, you got it's you know, it's a you got bands catching on yeah. fire. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah. <laughs> bands getting stolen, buses on fire. Yeah. God. <laughs> so, what has Kilhanna meant in your life? Because you're somebody who. Everyone in Chicago knows. Everybody in Chicago has seen you at JBTV playing shows, you know, behind the scenes, doing interviews, doing everything you've done for the last really, I feel like, 20 odd years, keeping so much going, fighting the good fight for music. But what has this meant in your life to be in Kilhanna and to have this lifestyle in Chicago? Oh, man. I owe everything to Kilhanna. I mean, Kilhanna made me who I am. Um, it taught me about so much about business and marketing. Um, and branding and um, kind of prepared me for, you know, a lot of things, you know, a, a lot, the other half of that, a lot of that I learned from, you know, promoting parties and, and raves and stuff before I got into Kill Hannah and kind of the hybrid of the two together really um, made me who I am as like, you know, um, whether it's a musician or uh, a DJ or artist, whatever you want to call it. Um, but I mean, I, from the time I was, I'm really fortunate because I, I think a lot of people don't know what they want to do um, earlier in their lives and in high school. And I always wanted to be in a band. I always loved music. I knew that since I was like 13 or 12, you know. Um, and I always wanted to be in a band. And, and you know, I, I had this vision of what I wanted to do and I made it happen. And it, and it was amazing. What I try to tell people now, it's like, you know, imagine your dream, everything you wanted. And you got it. And then you realize you can't make a living off it. Then what do you do? Yeah. You know? Like everything that you wanted from the time you were 12 or 13. And you lived the dream. You know, I toured around the world and, and played shows and, you know, developed this. Like we, we all developed this amazing fan base, you know? Um, and it's just, it's, it's, it's so surreal to me. Like looking back because I know that's all I ever wanted and we made it happen. And. And the thing that sucks is you're always wanting more, you know? And so you can never live in the moment and just sit back and be like, man, this is awesome. Because you're always looking to the next step and how you can make it better and how you can get bigger and, and everything. And, uh, you know, sometimes you can get swallowed up in that. And I think we did for a little bit. I guess what are some of the highlights that during your time in Kilhanna, you know, things you achieved as a band that you just... This, they were surreal that were like, I can't believe, you know, 12-year-old me can't believe this is happening. I know for me, you know, as somebody who's known you guys so much, when I saw the tour announced with the Smashing Pumpkins, I knew for you, for Matt, you know, for anybody who's in the Kill Hannah name, that's a dream come true. I don't think Johnny was even in the band at that time, but I knew Johnny was feeling proud of that, you know. That to me always stood out as like, this is a next level moment for Kill Hannah. What were those for you inside the band? Um, I mean, playing Metro for the first time. Um, and, and the then, most times. Yeah, and the most times of any band in history. Yeah, like 42 times. Um, I think this will make it 44 with these two. Um, but And I don't think there'll never be another band that does that, no. which is crazy, you know? Um, so, and, and, you know, playing, playing our first sold-out show there without really radio support or press or a record label or anything. You know, if that happened now, it would be pandemonium for a record deal. And we couldn't You'd be even, on stage with Taylor Swift. Yeah, and we couldn't even get a label person to fly out and see us when we were doing that. 
you know, it's it so crazy. Um, so that was really great. You know, touring definitely with the Smashing Pumpkins um, was a dream come true. That That's the reason I, I really play bass. That's one of the reasons I'm in a band. And that's what we always strive to be. You know, that was the benchmark of success in our, in our, in our lifetime um, for being a Chicago band. And, um, you know, playing the U.K., um, that was really important to us. And, and, you know, all of our favorite bands came from there as a band. Um, all of our favorite bands were there. And, you know, to go over there and, you know, we wanted to go over there sooner, but our our label, our manager, everybody's like, no, can't go. And then finally we said, you know what? Screw you. We're going. We're using our own money and we're going to do it because we believe in it. And I was doing all the merch, um, running the merch store. Actually, I ran the merch store the entire length of the band even now you know Dude, i remember i would come over to your apartment sometimes i would do an interview with you there or something i feel like even for like gay lords and your room is just stacks of kill hannah hoodies and cds i mean this was your life yeah just in and out and you were really inseparable from it like maybe even as you know i would say as much as matt you know but you were the face of kill hannah in chicago and i think that's a, a kind of title that you really always embraced you never shied away from it yeah i mean i mean uh i was always you know you the ambassador yeah even I even I, I was always going out a lot even before i was in the band because you know i i threw raves and underground house parties and all that stuff so i was kind of already in the scene and everything going out and then you know going to rock shows i mean i lived at metro from the time i was like 18 until like really after that i started playing there when i was like 23 so I was going there every weekend, no matter what kind of band was playing or anything. So I was always going out um, and meeting people, um, you know, in all different, you know, now it's totally normal. I'll be in a band and be a DJ. But back in the 90s, like that was unheard of, like for someone to be going and throwing raves and then also have a rock band. You know, that was really not the case. in a lot. In... I remember I would go being underage, under 21, and I would go to, like, North Avenue bars that, like, red-haired Matt was, you know, bartending, and I knew you guys, and I would get in, and you were DJing, and you're right, there was a very unique novelty, and then, like, Scott Lucas started DJing, and, like, again, you'd be, like, you'd count on one hand, like, oh, cool, there's the rock guys that do some, like, rock DJing, and me and my friends would go, and it was fun, but you're right, that was not, now, if you're, like, oh, I'm in a band, and I DJ, people are like, what's the end of that sentence? What's the part I'm supposed to respond to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, I mean, you're right. Like, you were really at the forefront of that in a lot of ways in Chicago. I don't think everybody knows. Take us back into the beginning of your time with Kill Hannah. How did you meet Matt? How did you get involved with the band that I think nobody can even picture you not ever being a part of? Yeah, because um, the band was around, like, a year before mm -hmm. I got into it. And I was playing in, like two bands at the time and one of the guys in the band are like oh you gotta come out and see kill hannah and i'm like oh, all right i've never heard of him okay i'll go so i went and i'm, I'm watching them at metro is their first time or second time playing metro i think and i'm watching them I'm like this is exactly the kind of band i want to be in this is crazy so then afterwards i was working two jobs i was also going to school full-time and i was in two bands and i lived in the suburbs so i was commuting it's crazy. I can't, looking back, I can't believe I had time for everything. But anyways, I was working my second job at, at Tunnel. I was a bar back at this, like, you know, dance club called The Tunnel that just opened. And Matt came in there. And I'm like, hey, aren't you in Kilhannon? He's like, yeah. I'm like, oh, my name's Greg, you know, blah, blah. And so we talked for a little bit. And then um, I had to go back to work. Then I saw him again upstairs. I'm like, hey, what's your name again? He's like, Matt. And he's like, and then he looks at me. He's like, you play bass, don't you? And I'm like, what? 
how do you know I play bass? He's like, you just look like a bass player. He's like, we need a bass player. You want to try it? Matt Devine yeah. statement. Yeah. yeah. He's like, we need a bass player. You want to try it? I'm like, absolutely. So I met with him and Carrie, who was the guitar player at the time. And um, we talked about music, John Hughes. We had the same like love for movies and for music. And then without even hearing me play, he's like, you want to play a show with us next week? I'm like, okay. Also cool. very Matt Devine yeah. and, and invitation. Like, we don't need to hear you play, but you like John Hughes movies, you're in. Yeah. So, like, literally learned all the songs in, like, two days, two practices, and then played a show and was in the band ever since, you know? But Matt really kind of, like, didn't admit I was in the band. Probably still doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Greg, Greg Corner. Um, I don't know. Yeah. No, yeah, no, he's, yes. he's just that hired gun bass right. player. Yeah. <laughs> that hired gun the last 20 years. Yeah. That's amazing. That I had never paid. <laughs> but you know so you got to do so much with kill hannah you really got to live so many of your dreams you got to be in a band that like you said would not be able to operate in the way that it did if you guys started today i mean if you started today none of this would have happened what are you gonna like take from this experience i know it's probably too close to it to really know that right now but you know a year from now pretend when you're looking back at this what are you gonna think of when you think of your time in kill hannah I mean, that's my youth, man. I mean, that is like, that was, I mean, I did go to college and everything, but it was like my high school, college, and post-graduation, and master's, and PhD, and everything, you know, like, um, in music, in the music industry, you know? Um, And the times we had, some bands will never be able to achieve what we did. Um, I mean, the allegiance that we built... Um, from one fan at a time, I think is so hard to do now. Um, I mean, we didn't really get much help from radio or from press. You know, we like we're called an emo band now, but we were never even embraced by that community. We never fit in anywhere, and so we made our own identity, scene, everything. You know, it started locally in Chicago. We created the scene. And we weren't part of any scene. We created it our own. And then we started doing that, you know, across the country. And then we started doing that overseas. And that was just by playing tons of shows. I mean, we didn't get to even open for that many bands in, in our career. Um, really, on the first record, we barely opened for any bands. We just kept on headlining. And there'd be 10 people at a show, then 20 people, and then 30 people, then 100 people, you know. Um, and we just kept on building it like that, like how bands used to do it. Right. You know, in the 70s and 80s and uh, and even 90s, you know, before the Internet. And so we I mean, we were one of the first bands to have a website, for Christ's sake. You know, uh, uh, I mean, it's just we were in this in this like weird time because like we were actually one of the last bands to get a traditional record deal, too, without a 360 deal and on and all that stuff. So, you know, we kind of got in um, kind of in the traditional sense of the music industry and the music scene. But then we also saw the collapse and and lived through it. And. We always did everything ourselves. You know, Matt always designed all the CD covers and the, and the artwork and everything. I was always running the um, merch store and a lot of the business and, and, and accounting and all that kind of stuff behind the band. And, um, you know, when the collapse happened for the music industry and really the entire country in 2008, you know, a lot of bands didn't know how to be self-sufficient. And for us, it was like business as you usual. You guys always, always had that. And, yeah. you know... I do think it really is worth just recognizing that you're not remotely patting yourself on the back. Everything you said is true. You guys, you built your fan base. You created the scene in Chicago. The I don't know even what, what name you'd put on it, but the, the scene that was Kill Hannah shows, Assassin shows, 
you know, electroclash parties. It was dark wave disco. And it really grew into this whole culture. And you still see that now. And, like, there's synth bands in Chicago. There's new wave nights. And, like, so much of that stemmed from really, like, the culture that you guys helped bring to light here in Chicago, which I think is incredible. Um, I know you have to go, but I have to tell this story on the mic, which is that the first time I remember meeting you, you know, I was starting to go in high school to shows at Metro. I would see Kilhan, I would see Local H, because I think you guys played four nights a week um, at, at the Metro, both bands. And I think I'd met you very, very brief, briefly at one Kilhanna show, and you recognized me at another one. And this is before I was doing radio. I wasn't working at Q101. I wasn't, like, booking you guys for Local 101 or writing about you for Illinois Entertainer. There was no reason for you to be nice to me. And you asked me to help you pass out the Welcome to Chicago motherfucker CD singles. You wrote your AOL email address on it. And you treated me as professionally and as warmly as you ever have in the time that I've had, like, you know, professional music jobs. So I don't mean to tear up, but it's like you guys, and you especially, have always been so welcoming. You've done so much for the scene, and I think it's so well-deserved that you guys have this amazing send-off here at the end of the year, you know, at the place where it began and ended for you guys. Um, I'm just very proud. I'm proud to know you. I'm proud of all the work you've done in Chicago, and I'm proud of everything Kilhanna's achieved, man. Thank you. I'm proud you. of you, man. I'm, I'm proud of you. You know, it's, it's great to see you come up. And, and, you know, I think we were that way for a, a lot of our fans where we saw the potential because we were you guys at one time, you know? And um, all I'd say is pay it forward. You know, when you see those kids out there, like, just treat them the same way. That's you what know. I'm, you know, that's what I'm trying to do at Columbia College. Again, yeah. not to make this about yeah. me, but man, it's, I really learned so much of that from you, you know, from people like Chris Payne, from, yeah. from Matt, like you guys really made a difference here. And I'm, I'm so, again, proud of everything you guys accomplished and I'm glad to know you. So thank you, Greg Corner. Thank you, Jaime Black. <laughs> this has been the Chicagoverse Unlimited Podcast. Thanks to Greg Corner for being on the show this week. You can find more Dynasty Podcasts at DynastyPodcast.com. For the Dynamic Dynasty, my name is Jaima Black. Dynasty Descend.